everybody, Sarah Hanchar here with a brand new episode of Hi, I Think You're Nice, the podcast where I speak to a nice person about nice things for about an hour. Today, my guest is Holly Winters, and we talk all about chickens, chickens and eggs. Uh, Holly owns and operates Egg Song Farms, so she really specializes in getting herself some delicious, beautiful, colorful rainbow eggs from her chickens, and we're going to talk all about it. If you happen to be in the Seattle area and you are interested in what Holly is doing, you can go visit her farm. Absolutely. Head on over to Egg Song Farm. Just go to eggsongfarm.com, and you can find all kinds of great contact information there, and schedule yourself a visit. Go learn Go say hi to chickens. Go say hi to a goat. These are all things that you can do, and I hope you do because uh, Egg Song Farm, located at Holly Farm, which is in Bothell, Washington, is really a truly gorgeous experience, and I think you would enjoy it very much. As always, you know what I'm going to ask. If you could please rate, review, subscribe, and share these episodes. Yes, find your favorite episode and share it with a buddy. You know what? That is my challenge to you, my dear listeners, because I do love you ever so much. And I was wondering if there was an episode in particular that you super duper love and you think is really cool, or you have a friend in mind that you're like, you know what? I think they would absolutely love to learn about camping or summoning Mount Rainier or meditation or what have you. So that's my challenge to you. Share an episode with a friend that you think would enjoy that topic or that conversation that I have with that particular person. There, a challenge. Shall you accept it? I hope you do. I think it'd be fun. As always, you can find me on Instagram, I think you're nice, and Facebook, I think you're nice. And occasionally you can tweet to me at I think you're nice. Ooh, sometimes I'm there. Most of the time I'm not, but who knows? Any day now might be my magnificent magnificent return to Twitter. Could be. You just never know. Hey, let's hop into this episode. Let's get going. Let's get those cluckers clucking and those chickens chickening, shall we? Sure. Those are all normal things to say. Let's go. Enjoy this episode. Have fun. Bye. Hi, I think you're nice. Why, hi, I think you're nice. Let's have a seat and let's have a nice time. I think you're nice. So let's chat, so let's chat, so let's chat. I think you're nice, so let's chat. Do-do-do-do-do. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Hi, I Think You're Nice, the podcast where I speak to a nice person about nice things for about an hour. My name is Sarah Hanchar. I'm your host, and today I have Holly Winters in the studio. Hi, Holly. Hello, Sarah. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining me. Um, why am I still wearing my headphones? Get those out of here. This is casual. This is having a nice time. Yeah, we're just chilling. We're just chilling, and we're going to talk about your beautiful farm, Egg Song Farm, yeah. and we're going to talk all about chickens. Chickens. Chickens, <laughs> let's do this. So, uh, do you want to give a quick debrief about what Egg Song Farm is? Sure. Egg Song Farm operates on a larger farm property, which is actually called Holly Farm. It's up in the Clearview area of Snohomish and Bothell. And we are an agritourism educational farm. We host a few different businesses there. There's a premier equestrian center called Equine Life Solutions. There is a fancy barn events venue that does weddings and corporate events. And that's just the barn at Holly Farm. And then um, I came along as the animal caretaker about 16 months ago and moved my farm, Egg Song Farm, onto the property. 
property in order to um, be able to have a an agricultural product for us to produce from Holly Farm um, and to preserve agricultural farmland in Snohomish County. That's so, so cool. Yeah. I didn't realize there's a part of a bigger goal to mm-hmm. preserve farmland in Snohomish County. Yes, there is um, a huge loss of land and agricultural lands happening all over sure. due to the inc- increase in people coming to the area. Yeah. I mean, it's a, a lot like that in uh, where I'm from, central Pennsylvania. These big, huge farmlands are being, you know, piecemealed out mm-hmm. and turned yep. into homes or strip malls or... Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I love big, expensive farmlands and seeing the cows and the pigs and the everything wandering about. So that's really cool that you're a part of this culture mm-hmm. that's helping preserve and keeping farming... Um, Something that people can come visit, come see, come touch, come smell. Yes. And I think that's really beautiful and important work. Yeah, it's important to actually invite people onto the property so they can come meet the chickens and see the property and understand um, what it's like to be on a working farm and like step foot on one and see how we operate. Yeah. And we do open up our um, our program is open to the public, you know, by appointment, but open for anybody to come and just visit and take a tour around and meet the chickens and the alpacas. And we have a llama and goats and sheep too. And we're able to um, let people get that, you know, one-on-one encounter with an animal that they might never be able to touch or see, you know, other than in a book or in a picture or something like that. Sure. Yeah, I, uh, you were very kind and let me and my husband visit, and we had the most wonderful time. We met the chickens. Uh, the cutest things happen when uh, Holly lets out the sheep. They they do this amazing, like, jump kick. They're like, we are out. Good. Good morning. It's and so true. They... They jump high in the sky. So you're like, when you're thinking of like counting sheep of them jumping over a fence or jumping over the moon or whatever, it's like, oh my, they can. They They jump so high. Yes, yes. That's, um, so the the two sheep that we, and the sheep and the goats and the alpacas that are on the farm are kept for their fiber. So we do shearing events where we have... Um, somebody who's good with shearing come and actually remove their their coats mm-hmm. and we take their fiber and turn it spin it and turn it into wool or into fiber and um but yeah the sheep are named magnolia and dandelion and every morning when you let dandelion out she does a nice little leap over whatever imaginary obstacle, <laughs> obstacle is in her there. way and it really is cute and uh you you said that she might jump, and boy, did she. She jumped, and it was super cute. Yes, she she's, she performed. Let's jump right in and talk about chickens. I know. You love chickens. Have I you do. always had chickens in your life? I have not always had chickens in my life. I always wanted chickens. Mm-hmm. I always really um, have enjoyed eating eggs. Yeah. And um, I got the opportunity to be a chicken keeper when I was working in early childhood education and a random lovely family donated a chicken coop to the preschool and 
it was just kind of like, well, who's going to be in charge of this? And I was like, that me, I'm going to be in charge of this. <laughs> and it really was a wonderful opportunity for us to, for me, I should say, to learn about chicken keeping on a small scale and then also allow children the opportunity to have those interactions with these lovely little baby birds. And then they mm -hmm. grew into hens and started laying eggs and the kids would go and check for eggs and learn about empathy and um, respecting bodies and, you know, don't chase the chickens. And how would you feel if you were chased by a oh. creature that was larger than you? And it was a really fun way to teach people, uh, to teach the little kids about um, just about animal husbandry at a yeah. get them going. And they, oh my gosh, they would just love feeding the chickens. And then I was just able to connect with the um, operators at Holly Farm, which has nothing to do with my name. It I was just goes say. to show that it's so serendipitous. So yeah, I got the opportunity to learn to be a chicken keeper and I never looked back. And I just feel like there's no way I could ever live in a world where I didn't have chickens. Yeah, you love them. them. I love them. And they're so funny and clever <laughs> and well some are clever and uh -huh. some are total oh um, bird brains would, bird might, brains might yeah. you say <laughs> i would say that just like people there is a spectrum of intelligence okay and some cannot find their way out of the coop in the morning and then others <laughs> are planning to take over the world it's really just you never know what you're gonna get <laughs> when you pick out a chicken well it's a nice coop they're able to get out and free range and yeah eat lots of grass and bugs and grubs and they're super happy and well-fed and they are organically fed too because um, I actually really believe in the organic whole grains for for your chickens if you can afford it. So sure. Not everybody can and I respect that too. So lots of earthworms, especially with the rain. I've been, you know, sure. finding lovely earthworms and tossing them at my birds and they're just like, what is that? Oh. <laughs> wriggling thing. I'm not going to eat that slimy Ew, thing. that's gross. But then, you know, maybe another bird comes along and is like, that's mine. And she just gobbles it up. So it really, yeah. you know, some of them really have the oh, funny. have the taste for it and some are just just gross. horrified. Yeah. Like, Ew. <laughs> Give me what I like to eat, mom. This is weird. So it totally depends <laughs> on the bird and their and her their personality. I say hers, but mostly just because we keep hens. Mostly we do occasionally have a rooster if we can find a nice guy to hang around. But yeah, the, I do have a very strict vetting system for our roosters. Every rooster has an independent individual personality um but their job is to be the protector of the flock their job mm -hmm. is to ag aggressively prevent any kind of bad thing happening to his girl so even if i'm just feeding uh doing my daily route he might for some reason interpret that i'm being threatening and i just i don't want to take any risks with there being any kind of aggression because oh, we're open to the public we have children and yeah and folks visiting i just would prefer there not to be that kind of drama yeah well and, <laughs> so. and this is a learning place because a lot of people right. don't i mean you were teaching the young kids this mm -hmm. um but i would i dare say 99 percent of people don't know how to behave around farm animals because we we're used to dogs and cats and th mm -hmm. and even then like we rush up and hug and kiss and even though we should be like whoa take a minute does this dog freak out in situations like this so Yes, you want to 
foster an environment that will serve the public best and serve your interest best and not get anyone throttled by a rooster. Okay, so you didn't have chickens growing up. You got this really cool opportunity with, it sounds like your kid's school, Mm -hmm. uh, because you're a lovely mother of two, right? Yes, four and seven-year-old girls. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. And they are so fun. They love chickens too. They do? Yeah. Do they help you out at the farm? Yeah, they like to feed them and... um. They're, they're fun. Because the chickens, you've probably heard the expression, chickens come home to roost. I have heard yes. that. So what chicken, does that mean? So chickens will go home to roost. They will put themselves to bed when it gets dark out. So Aww. you, if you time it right when you want to go lock your chickens up, they should put themselves to sleep uh, right around dusk. So it's nice. It's, it's a very convenient thing. So it is easy for my daughters to help out because, you know, the chickens, they just go right into the coop. They're, it's just yeah. a, and then they can put down their little, we, it, chicken scratch is um, a blend of whole organic grains that we feed them and, mm-hmm. you know, add in some sunflower seeds. And we just give them a few handfuls of chicken scratch to lure them back into the coop each night if they haven't already yeah. put themselves to bed. So, um, yeah, they're fun. They're good helpers. Oh, <laughs> I bet they – and that's so cool because I remember feeling very valuable whenever yeah. uh, I was helping with the chickens. Well, like, they love to check for the eggs. I mean, it's so much fun. It's like a – It's like trick-or-treating. Or, or yes, exactly. Or, an, or a real live Easter, Easter egg, egg every day, yes. <laughs> or, or or a Christmas gift every day in the, in the nesting box. So yeah. it is a lot of fun to gather them. And we um, – we, we are just starting to get more eggs again. February is kind of the month when chickens come back online after taking a winter hiatus. Okay. So we're starting, finally starting to see more and more eggs trickle in. You're so passionate about it and you're so warm and excited to teach about it that I can't, I think everyone's like, well, tell me more. <laughs> what do you want to know? I'll tell you everything about chickens. <laughs> well, let, well, let's start with your, your flock. How many chickens do you have? Right. Most of the chickens are at Holly Farm, at Egg Song Farm, but I do have a couple of other properties um, where I keep smaller flocks as I well. didn't know that. Yeah, oh, and okay. um, and it's mostly just because it works really well for the property owners when they want chickens, but they don't necessarily want to do all do the work. Do all the work that goes with it. Yeah, so it's almost kind of like, um, kind of like just leasing their land with my chickens in a mm-hmm. way, and then paying them with eggs. So, oh, okay. um, so about a hundred birds Whoa! total throughout all with all, all the all, and we have some ducks in there now too. Oh, this fun. is my first season with ducks. They're a whole new ball game in the poultry world for me. So <laughs> it's been really fun getting to know those quackers. But quackers. <laughs> They are funny. Aren't they are they? hilarious. Folks were asking me all last season if I had duck eggs, and I didn't. And so we got some ducks, and now this season I will have some nice just to help um, meet that demand for people who can't eat chicken eggs but still want to eat eggs. So. Eggs are so good. They are. I do love them. They are so good. Like when I decided to do this um, meatless February, because I've had some friends who did uh, vegan January, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, you. I can't, I can't do it. If you take my eggs away from me for breakfast, <laughs> I am, I am an angry person. Eggs are good. Uh, they're so good. They're like my little protein happiness that gets mm-hmm. me going for the rest of my day. So, because if the rest of my day is banana nut crunch crazy, at least I know, like I've had a nice solid morning meal. And so if all I end up eating is like a string cheese and a clementine later, then then fine. <laughs> 
fine. At least I had my eggs. At least I had my eggs and my whole wheat toast. Yes. Yes. No. Scramble. I mean, how do you, so how do you like to eat your eggs, Sarah? I, I do like to scramble. Um, mm-hmm. I do like them dippy. Apparently, mm. we don't call them dippy eggs in this part of the world. That's over medium. Or oh, interesting. Um, yeah. You just yep. dip your toast. That would be an over medium or an over easy, depending yeah. on your, um, yeah, depending on your preference. I How- want to work on my poach. I oh, was poaching yes. for a while because I really liked it because then the eggs were like a magic pillow of deliciousness. But then I stopped doing it and relearning apparently is more than my little brain can handle. Well, have you ever basted your eggs? Tell me. Oh, basically. So So you just steam them. Steam them. Uh, Yeah. So put water in your pan, like a frying pan, Uh and just put a a dome lid that over your frying pan, or I'm sorry, maybe like a smaller dome lid than your actual size pan. So you put it it right over the eggs. Right over the eggs. And you just kind of steam them, and then they baste that way. Um, Oh. It's kind of like halfway between poaching and Frying. frying, but not necessarily having to deal with the boiling water. Yeah, the boiling water of the poach is what's confusing. You're like, are you boiling enough? Nope, you're boiling too much. Are you boiling? Mm -hmm. Where are you? Now the egg is everywhere. Yeah, it's a science. It It genuinely is is a science. Mm -hmm. And I I have not perfected the poached egg either. So basting to me, if I do want to do that kind of not frying fatty thing, like using the water. Yeah. Steam them, essentially. I love it. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to try that tomorrow. With those eggs. With the beautiful eggs that you brought. They're going to be good. They're going to be amazing. And let's talk about the eggs for a minute. Mm -hmm. I realize this is one of the hard-hitting questions that I I prepped you for. But eggs, Mm -hmm. they're good. We love Mm -hmm. them. When we buy them in a store, we always have to refrigerate them. Mm -hmm. But whenever they're fresh from the chicken's butt, Mm -hmm. I know they're not coming out of the chicken's butt. It's a vent. It's a vent? Really? Is Mm -hmm. that what's called? The chicken vent? It's just one entry and one one exit. So everything just comes out one exit, which is the vent. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Is that where the poop comes out to? Yes, it all comes so out. So everything there. comes mm-hmm. out of there. Mm-hmm. There's okay. one exit. Mm-hmm. One exit for everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, it's it's kind of like a merging highway or mer- like <laughs> it all merges. <laughs> the egg moves from the oviduct into the same, you know, thing in the poop and it all comes. So sometimes you will get a poopy you know, egg. A poopy egg because sure. it's coming from the same. Well, you're hanging by a chicken's butt. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? There's that's just and how that, it and, is. And that's, it's not fun for a chicken to lay an egg, by the way. That's is a, it not? It, it's like having a baby every day. Oh, my every other God. Day. It can take a few hours. Sometimes you'll see the same chicken sitting in there like two hours later and you're like, you're still not done? Oh. I'm sorry, honey. Oh. <laughs> leave you alone. It's, oh, dear. I didn't know that. Yeah, it takes approximately 26 hours for a chicken to produce an egg. Okay. Um, to, you know, from adding the yolk and then adding the the albumin and then adding the shell and then moving it out the out the vent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Imagine that. making a shell in yourself, everybody. Mm-hmm. What what is that? What and is that? that? And the eggshell. <laughs> well, it's calcium. So they yeah. have so they really you have to give chickens that are laying a calcium supplement so that they don't leach calcium from their bones. Oh good. Um, so okay. we typically offer oyster shell as the calcium interesting um, uh, supplement of choice so because they can actually digest and utilize that calcium like if i gave them some tums not the right kind of calcium no not for chicken heartburn (laughs) no okay (laughs) the eggs that we typically find are the refrigerated section but a chicken when they lay their egg 
what happens to it? Why is it different? Or what what's going on? Right. So a chicken lays an egg with a, an, a natural antibacterial protective coating around it that seals, essentially seals all of the pores, the porous material of the calcium shell egg. <gasps> so the, the if you just grabbed a nice, lovely egg right out of the nesting box, as I did before I came over here, mm-hmm. I could leave that particular egg on my countertop for, you know, at least a month. And it would absolutely be totally fine to eat. It would not be rotten. It would not be going bad at all. It's eggs are just not, um, they're, they're protected as long as they haven't been washed. So what happens is that they, we have to wash them if they are laid in, um, maybe a, a not so sterile, environment. So for example, we all have probably seen pictures of or have heard about hens being crammed into what are called cages, battery cages. And a lot, most states have actually made those illegal now. Good, good. Good. Yes. Great. Um, So, but chickens are still kept to, you know, in close confinement. And so there's a lot of feces that as we mentioned. mentioned. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, when an egg comes out and it's covered in poop, like you can't just put that in the... In the egg carton and say no. that's good to go. Here's so, your poop egg. Right. So when we're dealing with a large-scale industrial system, um, you know, those eggs have to go through a sanitizing process and just be washed or for whatever, you know, whatever thing. So, But as soon as you've washed that egg, then you've disturbed that nature's shellac. Exactly. Nature's <laughs> shellac. And um, so then it has to be refrigerated. And then okay. you have to maintain that chain of refrigeration. So... At Egg Song Farm, for example, I am pretty di- diligent about um, keeping our nesting area clean mm-hmm. for the chickens. So most eggs come out clean and so therefore don't necessarily even need to be washed at all. And cool. um, they and if they don't, if they have like a streak of mud or, you know, a streak of poo or whatever, I you know what? If I if I'm just gonna eat them myself, I just know I'm gonna leave it there and then when it's time to eat them, I'll wash them and yeah. Move on. But I Wash wait as and, needed. Exactly. I wait until I'm about to eat it so that I can leave that protective coating, that bloom intact. Um, however, I should say that as a retailer of eggs at the farmer's market, the Washington State Department of Agriculture requires for egg handlers um, to wash and refrigerate their eggs before I can even sell them to the public. Oh, wow. Okay. So... If you were to come to my farm, I could take them out of the nesting box and just sell them to you as they are off of our private property. But as soon as I take them out into the public mm-hmm. to retail them, that's when they okay. fall under that level of um, regulation okay. of washing and refrigerating. So, Interesting. Yeah. And it's, and it's really just to make sure that there is a standard. I mean, we're just so used to Mm -hmm. them being in the fridge. Mm -hmm. So them not being in the fridge is like, what's even happening? Right. My brain doesn't absorb what is happening right now. Mm -hmm. Oh, when I went and lived in South America while I was studying abroad as an undergrad in college and Mm -hmm. I went to the grocery store and I was just appalled that there were just stacks and stacks and stacks and stacks of eggs just hanging out. And I'm like, oh my God those eggs like what they're all gonna go bad like what are they doing now i just didn't know yeah just didn't know that we don't need to spend all of this 
money on refrigeration and energy to keep to these wash eggs them and, fresh yeah. if we just did proper animal husbandry in the first place and kept oh. them sanitary and clean then we wouldn't even need to disturb those eggs. I love these eggs. They're beautiful. They're many colors. Yeah. Right. I That's... sell rainbow eggs. What? Yeah. What does that mean? Well, chickens lay all shades of egg colors from white to cream to brown to green and blue. And we only ever get to see the white eggs and the brown eggs yeah. in the supermarket. And those are typically because... When I, if I say, for example, if I am a large scale farmer and I want to maximize my bottom line, I am going to get the breed of chicken that is going to lay that's a good as many eggs as possible as and, and get them as frequently as possible. And I'm going to get all my chickens to ha be that same breed. Yeah. So those eggs are going to be much more uniform. They're all going to be white. They're all going to be brown, whatever, because I have the same breed of chicken. Um. I am not an industrial egg farmer, so I want more of the variety of breeds, and I want the different sizes and the different colors of eggs. And eggs are kind of like a fingerprint in that, that a chicken is going to lay the same kind of egg every day so oh. or every time. So if you can identify what one chicken's egg looks like, you're always going to know that that's that chicken's egg. Oh, Fun. It's so interesting. Um. That is interesting. Like, oh, there's, I almost said Curtis. Well, sure. You can sure. name one of your lady chickens Curtis. That's Curtis for you. Yes. Small, small green yes. egg. Yes. So I know. Um, so, for example, I have what are a, a little batch of bantam chickens. Bantam are like the little half-sized chickens. So they're really cute. They're oh, full grown. That's right. But they just look really small. And, uh -huh. of course, they lay eggs, too. But they're just really small they're little, little eggs. Right. So, you know, I know those eggs were from the bantam chickens. So, um, and we do get a wide variety of shades and colors because we do have so many different breeds. And um, so it, I love to do the whole spectrum of colors. When I lay out a dozen eggs, you're going to get blue. You're going to get like, I'm talking blue, like blue. bright blue, like a like robin's sky egg. blue. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Like a robin's egg blue. Like we do have a few that will lay that really just beautiful blue and, and olive green or spearmint green and chocolate brown colored or, you know, so, and the, you know, some are, really pointy and some are super blunt. They're just, they have all the different shapes and sizes and colors, but they are literally identical on the inside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, no, one hen's egg is not going to taste different from another hen's egg. It's yeah. just, they're, they're, it's just on the outside. Just on the outside. Yeah. It's kind of like us. We all have different outsides, but we're one yes. same weird gooey inside, exactly. aren't we? Exactly. <laughs> yes. We are all one big gooey orange yolk on the inside. Can uh, eggs be pink? Is that a thing? Yes. Um, okay. That's so, my dream. <laughs> yes. There are some breeds of chicken that have like a pink toned egg. It's true. And some are going to be more vibrant than others. And you know that bloom I was talking about, that cuticle coating, uh -huh. that can often change the appearance of an egg color just oh. because it can add maybe a matte finish to the egg in the sense that Pretty. it just looks different when it's got that bloom coating on it versus if you were to wa wash the bloom coating off, it might be a different color. So it's just and, – and you never know what you're going to get until they lay their first egg. Yeah. So. 
How old does a chicken need to be to lay lay her first egg? Typically six months is what we say. Um, Some chickens can start laying eggs as early as, you know, 17, 18, 19, 20 weeks. That's extremely young. That's, you know, and... Overachievers. They're like, I want to get on the job as quickly as possible. (laughs) 20 weeks would be a young one. um, But, you know, we say anywhere around 25 weeks or so. So hitting into that about five, six seven months. Um, I've had some chickens wait until they were a full year old before they decided to lay. Oh, that's just a late bloomer. Yep. That's fine. And um, they have a finite number of eggs already in their bodies per se, you know, and that like, kind of like humans, they let an egg. You're you're born with as many as you have. And so they, they, you know, whether you push your chickens to lay all their eggs at front through providing supplemental lighting Mm. um and i can explain that chickens are supposed to rest like they are seasonal layers um we often don't realize that because we see eggs in the supermarket all all year round right we and you can totally trick a chicken into laying year round um by controlling their environment and that's you know i wouldn't even say that's controversial because i do sometimes add supplemental lighting lighting into my coops in order to make them think that the day is longer a little bit longer (laughs) than the four and a half hours that it is yes they it's just good for chicken morale right (laughs) thank you it makes me feel better anyway Get in there and lay down with the chickens and be like, no, it's yeah. still light out. I promise. I know it's 4.30 at night, but there's still sun. <laughs> no, really. You need to keep laying eggs. Well, and chickens are, they're photosensitive more than they are heat sensitive. So the lack of daylight in our northerly um, yes. region Just is typically what will make chickens not lay during the winter. Mm. Some will continue to lay throughout the winter, especially if you get, um, if a pullet, a pullet is a teenage chicken. Oh. Um, P-U-L-L-E-T, pullet. Pullet. Um, so that would be a teenage hen. And once she is about a year old, she's a hen. So. Well, it makes sense because poulet is French for chicken and poulet would be like baby chicken, right? There you is go. It, isn't adding et make stuff little? Um, yes, it does. <laughs> I don't speak French at all. <laughs> I was going to say, it does it in Spanish a little bit, right? Yeah. Like... <laughs> The reason I know uh, poulet is French for chicken because my mom quit French class when she was in high school and the teacher was yelling at her at out like in the hallway like for quitting French. She called her, poulet, poulet, like you're a chicken for quitting <gasps> French, right? What was wrong with the 60s <laughs> where you're screaming at kids and then oh, calling them chicken? Wow. Oh, my goodness. Well, I think it was the late 60s, early 70s. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but you know who always remembers the word poulet? Me and my mom. Always. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In general, just a lot of chicken uh, metaphors and chicken idioms. Really? I mean, I mentioned coming home to roost. Yeah, right? I and guess then, that's true. Right? Or feeling cooped up. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or f- to fly the coop. She flew the coop, right? So, um, chicken, I think you should probably write a book uh, having like how chicken life is parallel to human life and a lot of, like the whole like their eggs may be different but the insides are the same and etc etc chicken's are really a model of a, a microcosm of <laughs> of humanity, of humanity. <laughs> 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 Uh, let's talk about the 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 different types of chickens. There are so many types of there chickens. There are hundreds of types of chickens. Name um, all of them immediately. Go. All of them. Okay. So we have the 
<laughs> Americana. Americana. No, okay. Um, I was going to say, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> if you Barna Belder. Uh, <laughs> oh, you're going in alphabetical order also. <laughs> Buckeye. <laughs> Let's see. The Warpington. <laughs> that's the Thorpington? Orpington. Orpington. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's, that's one that favorite. I've heard of. Everybody loves Orpingtons. They're the big one. They're big and like, like they just kind of bumble around. They're really cute and they're full grown. Bumble around. Fuzzy butts. No, there are hundreds of types of breeds of chickens. And you, I'm sure you probably have heard of like the groups like 4-H that show poultry shows and things like that. So each of these different breeds has what's called a breed standard, right? Mm -hmm. Where all of their characteristics have to meet whatever the um, American Poultry Association, I don't even know if that's their initials. It's like the American Kennel Club, but for chickens. Yeah, exactly. So those, if you're showing your chickens, you would, you would want to make sure that each of your specimens matches all of the appropriate characteristics. But, um, I don't, I don't worry about perfection. So, but I do like the variety and how you can get so many different features and characteristics from the same species of animal. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the, the comb, uh, the comb is the, the part on the head that kind of looks like a mohawk, the red part that, that flips. And you can, some chickens have big, huge floppy combs and some have, you know, basically just like maybe, I don't know, kind of looks like cornrows. Okay. <laughs> like yeah. a cornrow. We, like we would a, call like that a, a pea comb. Like a, uh-huh. Oh, oh. Yeah, it's called a like a pea comb. Um, so, I mean, there's just so many different varieties. And um, so we have just a lot of different ones. My, let's see, I have a couple of favorites. So I'm really, uh, I'm really into, um, we have the, this one called a turkin right now. It's called a turkin, a, a naked neck turkin, naked neck turkin. And it's literally like bald on its neck, oh. so it has no feathers or anything on its neck, and it just just like is and, it wearing then, a V neck t shirt or something? Oh, yeah, kind of. <laughs> and then it looks like it has a toupee on its head. <laughs> so I wish. It's a midlife crisis bird. <laughs> and she's just like so spunky and hilarious and just weird looking. And I love her. And her name's Pearl. And she has she has her naked neck and she has one feather on her naked neck. It's like the mole with one hair coming out of it. It's just, it's so perfect. I was going to say, I can relate because I have, I have like the occasional chin hair where I'm like, what is that? What? Why? Give me the tweezers now. How did, how did no one say, Sarah, you've got a significant chin hair. (laughs) Like, just, oh God. So that's Pearl. Okay. So the naked neck turkin. Okay. Um, no, we also have, um, we have a lot of mixed breeds as well, just, you know, what we would call barnyard mixes where the rooster just randomly mixed with whatever breed Can of hen. A, and a rooster is fair game for anybody. Oh, yeah. Like, it doesn't matter oh, yeah. what, what breed, they're all compatible. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Awesome. And that's where you get the really cool, funky mixes in that you're just like, I have no idea what you're going to look like when you feather <laughs> out, but I can't wait. Feather so, out. When you feather out. So when chicks are born, they have just down, right? They just they're have just little, poofy, little, soft, little fluffy butts. Fluff babies. Little fluffer nuggets. And then about when they hit about like that three, four week, that's when they really start to turn into like ugly teenagers and grow in those feathers. And then when they hit about six weeks or so, then they're considered fully feathered. And at that point, when they're fully feathered, they no longer need supplemental heat and can go and be put outside with the rest of the flock to start integrating. Yeah. Yeah. So it's um, very fun to watch them go through that 
who you have some beautiful they were like really like black onyx yeah. colored chickens they were so the, the they're so dark they're gorgeous yeah they shimmer the sheen that green sheen almost any black hen is gonna have like that green sheen yeah. in the sunlight and um that's probably you're probably thinking uh we have a big black jersey giant and we have a big black australorp as well and those are australorp <laughs> We also have these really um, – did you do you remember saying what I called the Muppet chickens? Yes. They were frizzled, which means yes. that their feathers, instead of laying smooth against their back or their against their body, they stick out. <laughs> and then they have um, – they have these uh, – oh, the, the, the feathers on their head, and it's escaping me what that is called. <laughs> poofy. The poofy feathers. It looks like they're wearing a top hat. Um, a crest. Thank you. So it's a crest, a feather crest. So they have like big pom-poms coming off their heads. Aww. And those are, those are everyone's favorites just because they're so weird looking. And yeah, they're just fun. Mixed breed. Again, that's not something you could just. Oh, really? Yeah. A friend of mine had actually bred those as a special um, just genetics project. Cause, Interesting. Yeah, it's just, just to see what happens. Just to see what happens when you mix breeds okay. together you get some really fun combinations of interesting feathered patterns oh let's go back to the eggs for a minute oh. so besides uh not being not needing to be refrigerated you mentioned like they have the bright orange yolk right right because sometimes the yolk from a grocery store egg or from uh -huh. when you're out in restaurants is really pale yellow mm -hmm. but with your eggs and with organic eggs in general um we have a Apparently, I have a long chicken pedigree in my my life because I'm thinking of all the chickens in my life. Um, we have an egg farm lady at the end of our hill and in, in where I live in Pennsylvania, lived in Pennsylvania, and so bright orange. Those yolks uh -huh. are delicious and bright and mom yum 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 and yum, nutritious. Yum. They're actually healthier yeah. for you because they are more nutritious. What I mean, what does the orange yolk indicate? It just indicates that the diet is a well-rounded, healthy diet and that they are getting greens in their diet, like grass. For example, mm -hmm. if you want orange yolks, just give your chickens access to grass to free range on. And you can give them all kinds of different herbs and you can actually affect the color of their yolk just through their diet. Hmm. Uh, for example, feeding red peppers to chickens will help influence really? that orange egg color. Okay. Does that help the nutrition as well? Or is that purely like a color thing? That would be... Well, it does because they're getting the nutrient. I forgot what the... What the thing is. What the thing is that makes it orange. But <laughs> I'm a scientist, so I'm pretty much I understand. Right? So, but that's just one example of a food um, or, or like dandelions and just... It's really that natural, well-rounded, balanced diet yeah. that is going to give those eggs a more nutritious, glowing color because they're just more nutritious eggs. Yeah. Um, and the ones that the the grocery store eggs that you see or that you're buying for you know a buck or two bucks or something for that dozen, they're also not fresh. Right. True. So there, and by not fresh, I should say that eggs will stay edibly fresh for well into the six month period of time in the fridge. Right. So, uh, can we press pause mm -hmm. real quick? Cause I think that's mind blowing for a lot of us who are like, I got these eggs two weeks ago. Are they still good? And, you know, and we, they we, are. And yes, we, they are. <laughs> <laughs> and we, and we read the best buyer expiration no, date. It's not an expiration date. So, 
chicken eggs in the fridge can mm-hmm. last upwards of six months. Mm-hmm. They won't taste like they're super fresh out off the farm. Like you might start getting that that funk sulfury smell, yeah. um, but they're still edible. Like you're not gonna get. I mean, as long as they've been refrigerated the whole time, right? Yeah, you can't take of them course. Out. <laughs> so crazy, uh, yeah. And the thing is, is that by the time those eggs even hit the the shelf in your particular grocery store after they've been shipped from, I don't know, Kansas or wherever they're uh-huh. coming from. And, you know, those they're they're probably like 30, 30, 45 days old by the time they even have gone through the whole yeah. shipping industrial process and landed on your on your grocer's shelves. So, I mean, wow, it's. They last a long time. They last a very long time. Okay. Yeah. Um, And if you're unsure of of whether or not an egg is good, just crack it into a glass or a bowl Uh and then sniff it before you add it to whatever you're putting it into. So trust your nose. I I learned this at an early age to do that, but then I would smell the egg. I'm like, what am I smelling for? Is it obvious? When yeah, it's sticky? Oh, you're smelling for that rotten egg smell. Okay, the the sulfury. So like smell. legit stink. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if okay. you don't smell anything, the egg is fine. Okay, I've heard about the the water technique of mm-hmm. of putting them in cold water, mm-hmm. and like if they float, they're bad. Mm-hmm. If they're standing up, they're okay, but they're kind of oldish. Mm-hmm. And if they're at the lay at the bottom, they're safe or the they're good. The float test is something that people do pass around as poultry wisdom, but okay. there are a lot of eggs that pass the float test Uh-oh. that are not good. Oh dear! So at least <laughs> anecdotally, right? I so I part of my chicken world includes helping to moderate a poultry page forum with like close to, I don't know, 14,000 members. Holy crap. We get a lot of those kinds of questions and, and things. And, you know, how do I tell if this egg is good? I just found it randomly in my yard and people recommend. (laughs) 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 Why? What's your life where just a chicken egg is in your yard? (laughs) Chickens sometimes, especially when they're new layers, they don't really know where to go to lay. And oh, but just, these are chicken people, like sorry, people who yes. have chickens. My. Like if I found a chicken egg in my backyard. I would not I, eat it. I wouldn't eat it. And I'd be like, where Where are you? Chicken people, right? Poultry page, chicken people yes, are asking I about this. I should have been able to clock that. Sorry. No, okay. <laughs> just want to give a little shout out to Scratch and Peck Feeds, which is a local organic feed company. And Egg Song Farm is an ambassador farm for them. Oh. They, yeah, they're out of Burlington, Washington, which is just a little bit north up by five. And um, they, as a brand ambassador for them, they supplement my feed. Um, and so I'm able to do a fully organic feed for my flock simply awesome. just by having this partnership with that brand. Um, otherwise, the cost of doing a completely organic diet for them would probably be out of my range at this point in time. But yeah. shout out to Scratch and Peck. And Thank they, you, Scratch and Peck. They actually recommend fermenting the the whole grains. Oh. And so my chickens get fermented whole grains. Well, are and, those chickens drunk? Well, you know, it's a, I believe they said it's a, a <laughs> lactose yeast. <laughs> oh. So no, we don't have drunk mm. chickens. Um, but I... Uh, they it it just by fermenting the feed it unlocks those probiotics that are good for their digestive systems it adds more moisture to their diet because they're eating a wet food mm-hmm. and then um it also maximizes the quantity of or minimizes I should say the quantity of feed that I need to use because 
it expands as it absorbs the water. And so okay. they don't need to eat as much of it yeah. um, to, to feel full. So it saves on the quantity that I need to feed them by soaking it, making it expand. Um, but that is definitely like an extra step that you don't need yeah. to take to have a perfectly healthy flock. You do not need to feed organically to have a perfectly healthy flock. I am not an organic snob. I just choose to do it. Sure. Because you can. Because you, I can. You can right now. And that sounds great. Exactly. But I do sell my eggs for $8 a dozen at the farmer's market. There, If you want to get a decent, like, and I'm not saying like get the eggs Everyone out there in the world who eats eggs, get the eggs that make you happy and that fit your budget and fit your life. A hundred percent. My brother has five kids and they go through a dozen eggs literally every day. Every day. There's no way that they could get, you know, eight dollar eggs eggs Mm -hmm. every day. Exactly. So yes, um, a hundred percent. Get the eggs that that suit your family, and that's awesome. Um, but if you want to get like I, Patrick, I'm the only one who eats eggs in this family. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah. So unless I'm baking with them or something, True. so I want to get. Um, I can't always make it to the farmers market. I can't always get to the farm the way that I love to. Well, and the farmers um, markets are seasonal around here yeah. too. So they're only you know six seven months out of the year. Yeah. So if you're gonna get like the organic, this chicken has a you know birth certificate and had, like we've known. Her her whole life, that's also going to be, I mean, minimum six ninety nine, five ninety nine mm-hmm. if they're on sale. Yeah. So eight dollars is it is it is significant. However, it's not out of the price point of what is reality right and now. They're fresher. They're so fresh because you get you gifted me eggs last time I <clears throat> the first time I visited your farm mm-hmm. and it was. Did you were, enjoy them? Though? I loved them. Yeah. I t- I took extra long to eat them because. I, I supplemented my other eggs. Like if I was going to make a something else, I'm like, I'm not going to use my good eggs. My good <laughs> eggs were for dippy eggs only because yes. I wanted to really enjoy the yolk part of mm-hmm. it and really oh, because like it's savor the flavor. Really savor that. So thank you. I'm yes, sorry. They're, I, no, they're so good. They're when so they're good. good. When they're good, they're good, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> it's different. A fresh, a farm fresh egg is very different than a grocery store. Yeah egg it just is it's gonna be it's gonna be a whole different process a whole different deal Mm -hmm. so it's it's exciting that um we're fortunate enough to be able to enjoy these these things for sure the eight dollars that i charge for my rainbow dozen farmers market eggs Uh um that's just paying for the feed that isn't even paying me the farmer for my labor that i do in order to work at that farm so um that is just to cover the cost of what it cost to feed those chickens so i'm not making any money on selling those eggs and no egg farmer in this entire country is unless they're being subsidized by the government and um my my farm is just way too small scale to even be eligible for those kinds of subsidies so um so yeah we just we do i i make up for those deficits through education and through agritourism programming and by inviting people to come to the farm and earn revenue through teaching classes and doing tours and things like that. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, I think we all know that it's not, uh, besides like the actual physical labor and like having livestock and taking care of stuff like that, the the life of a farmer is incredibly challenging. Mm-hmm. So much, so many hours of work. Like I said, mm-hmm. no ignoring it. No, no checking emails. Mm-hmm. What, no. Wait till Monday. You have to. You have you to have deal to with it, it all of the time. And all that input, like they're eating, they're they're producing output. Output needs too. to be taken care and of. That output it piles up fast. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. So that's a huge, you know, daily yeah. task is just making sure that we're cleaning up after those animals because, you know, we are open to the public. I want people to see that this is a clean place for you to, sure. I mean, yeah, you got to wear boots and yeah, you might step on some chicken poop, but well, at the same time. I mean, come on. <laughs> you're at a farm. What exactly, are you Exactly, you are at a farm, but you know, you don't want it, you don't want it to stink. Yeah, you don't want to be funky town. Um, we went in, you soaked the grain, you're feeding the grain to mm-hmm. the chickens. And yes. so do you feed them in their coop while they're still in, in their yes. house? So I do. Um, so I, I should say, on my farm, when I first came to Holly Farm, there was already an existing chicken flock there, and um, they had a little coop, and I adopted those chickens, incorporated them into my flock, and then I built an, an extra-large hen house back yeah. out in the pasture. So we actually, I keep two chicken coops on the farm, and um, I I like to feed one, I'd let some chickens out to feed just because they're called the front chickens, which means that they kind of go <laughs> to the front of the farm. They graze out in the parking lot. They graze, they're the real true, like, greeters the farm if you were to drive into the parking lot you'd see these chickens and then out in the back pasture is where you know the egg song farm hen house is and Uh those chickens are fed inside of their coop just because i don't want the other animals to start nomming down on their on their food so yeah so they stay inside and then but they so on our chicken coop because we do have livestock, we have, uh, you know, a human door that I can go in and out of. But then we, I, I close that and then I have a chicken door, Aww. a little mini chicken door so Aww. that only the chickens can go in and out during the day and the goats can't get in there oh, and, and cause terror. Because <laughs> oh, believe me, goats. if the goats could walk into the chicken coop, they would. <laughs> <laughs> and I won't say that that door has never accidentally been left open and found... Otherwise evidence of not. goat in my chicken coop but you have found goat evidence it, it's, it's true <laughs> and so then they're then you let them loose mm-hmm. and let them loose they have their day mm-hmm. and at that point like, do you go about your day taking care of the other animals or can you like head out for the afternoon yeah it, it so there are definitely a plethora of chores that need to be done and I just kind of divvy them out on a per day checklist and um, so if I don't have any visitors or any scheduled tours coming after I turn the animals out um, then yes I am free to go but then we I definitely have to always come back but in the afternoon um, to do turn in right around sunset so like I said the chickens kind of train to know that they need to go back into their coop the other animals are all very well trained they they know when it's getting dark they're ready to go back in so it's it's not hard to herd them back into their pens they're ready for night night they are it's it it does make it a little bit easier on me to know that they um they 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 just they want to go to their happy places yeah so (laughs) they've had a long day of running around and pecking Mm -hmm. at stuff definitely oh i love when they uh, d- dust Squat. bath. They <laughs> oh, dust they bath? did the dust bath. Yes, I'm I'm shimmying in my chair like I'm yes, in a yes, and I've got my feathers going. <laughs> I always loved it when I would work when I have children come to the farm, and I I like to explain to them like you know we humans we take baths to get dirt off of us, but chickens take baths to put dirt on them because that dirt helps to absorb oils from their skin Hmm. and just it's a pest prevention yeah so if you know and chickens are not immune from getting pests like mites and fleas and things like that sure so you know we just we have to be diligent in our um pest control yeah 
Yep. Yes. I mean, and that's <clears throat> a that's another thing with having livestock. And I guess I w- want the takeaway to be for everyone to realize um, that taking care of animals is incredibly hard. It's rewarding and it's important. And uh, there's so much to it. And I hope that we think about these things when we're eating our eggs or when we're eating our, you know, our chicken or what have you, um, that this took time, this took care. And this is, like I said, it's just, it's hard. It's really hard work. I just have a really soft spot for uh, farming in general. I'm from a really rural place uh, in central Pennsylvania. So grew up, grew up around um, dairy farms and pig farms. Oh, Lordy Lou. The pig farm. The smell oy. of a pig farm. Oy. Say no oy, more. Oy, <laughs> oy, oy. Now, freshly spread cow manure for a lot of people is like, oh, gross. I'm like, nah, that's fine. Like, it's not my favorite. Do I want to wear it as perfume? I do not. But when I drive like around and I'm through it and I'm like, oh, it smells home. You know, it reminds me of like, it's, it's, uh, fertilizing the farms and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. So it's vegetarian. Yeah. Manure. <laughs> it's vegetarian manure. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then that pig manure. Mm-hmm. Oh, not so vegetarian. Oh, manure anymore. oh Lordy Lou. Yeah. So anyway, I just have a, I have a very soft spot for agriculture because I know it is so, it, it was such a huge part of, of America and of what we have. And, um, I've, I've utmost respect for those who still do it and who still work hard at it and, um, are making a life doing it. So it's kudos. not it. Yeah. And, and I should, I feel like I'm kind of in the, the, that gray area of I'm, I'm not dependent on my farm operating and for my for your family yeah income for your family full-time yes and and that in and of itself is a privilege that gosh i how did i get so lucky that this is a teaching farm right this is a farm for us to teach other people about humane animal husbandry about sustainable eggs (laughs) in the sense that um you know, these, these are, these are creatures that you can come and meet the chicken that produced your breakfast. Yay. You can nice to meet put, you. Put a personal touch on it and it becomes much more, um, I don't know, much more real for people. Yeah. So it's a lot of fun. Cool. I'm yeah. into it. But you know, the, the biggest predator problem that we do have on our farm with the chickens is just the overhead, the hawks and the eagles. <gasps> oh my God. I didn't even think about they, hawks oh and eagles. Oh yeah. They're the ones that actually are oh, the no. biggest risk for our free ranging birds. Oh so, no. Um, and you know, we do experience losses yeah. every year and this is actually something that I've calculated into running a free range chicken farm in the sense that you know those hawks and eagles need to eat too that's very true and my chickens have a much better quality of life i could keep them penned up and under a roof and locked into you know a 24 by 8 square foot pen run and they would absolutely live just perfectly fine existences but yeah i would much rather them be out be out and about chickening and just take (laughs) Take that risk, and I call it the farm tax. So when I, if you know, I probably lose a couple birds a month to really that many. mm. Wow. Okay, it averages, right? So sure. Sometime I'm like, oh my gosh, (laughs) (laughs) all the babies are gone. Oh no, and I feel horrible, right? Like I, I, I always feel really sad for that loss of life, but at the same time, I'm just like they're living much better quality of life by having the opportunity to yeah and having a rooster and having livestock on the pasture actually 
does. Very good at helping protect them. Cause, and crows, the crows that day roost in the pasture, uh-huh. they call alarm when those hawks <gasps> and eagles are around too. So they'll like chase them out of the airspace. What? It's so, there's so much happening if you just look up in the sky. Like there's this whole other dynamic happening up in the sky That's at the farm. Amazing. It's I'm so tuned into it now. Like it just fascinates me. <laughs> That well, shoot! Now I want to check that business out. I want to see the soap opera in the sky. It's, all you have to do is look up. Wow! <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Oh, crazy! Yeah. Thank you, uh, crows. Thank you, crows. Thank you for your service. I to appreciate your, to them. Egg Song Farm. Mm-hmm. I really do appreciate that. Hey, should we talk about why it's called Egg Song Farm? Egg Song Farm. So eggs are um, well when a chicken lays an egg. Mm-hmm. She sings a song. Do you know how it goes? And it just goes on and on and on. <laughs> and sometimes she'll sing it right before she's going to lay. Sometimes she sings it right after she laid. Sometimes other hens will all join in and just start singing it together. Oh, it's like when you're, <laughs> say, it's like when your periods sing. <laughs> Yes, so, just like that. Just like that. So all the ladies are like, and then they harmonize, and you're like, whoa. whoa. Or maybe <laughs> it's, it's like chorus. their karaoke sort of yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, not not every chicken sings the egg song, um, okay. but it is definitely a behavior, a noted behavior of chickens that they sing. That's so song. cool. So. I'm glad that you honor it with the Egg it. Song Farm. Because it also it. just sounds like really beautiful oh. and poetic. Oh, like thanks. I can see the pasture. I'm not thinking about mud and poop and muck. No. I'm thinking of like chickens just scampering about free in the land. Yes, and, just yeah. picture that. That's what it is. That it, I mean, that really is what it is. Yeah, it it's actually just, is. Yeah. It's, just, <laughs> it's a muddy time of year right now, it y'all. One, there is a chicken fact, and you may or may not know this, but there is a breed of chicken that is completely black. Uh-huh. So she's black, calm black, waddles, black bones, black feathers, everything's black. Her egg is like white though that she lays. Really? But, yeah. But black what do you mean black bones? Like, like her, bones? her bones are gonna be black color well, instead of like a traditional uh kind of like whitish bony color. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what color yes. bones? Bone colored. <laughs> is the flesh is the flesh the also flesh black? Is black, yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, if you were to eat her, it, uh-huh. she would taste just like chicken, but she would be black. But she would be black instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, uh, uh, biologist, call in. Let us know why that is. Oh. Or do you know why that is? Oh, but not. I'm not going to sound very scientific-y. But That's okay. It's, it's all just about, like, extra pigmentation. They just, it's a genetic just extra mutation. melanin or something? Mm-hmm. It, it, I don't melanin, think it's melanin, melanin, but it's the same type of pigmenting that is just like a super pigmented this particular breed it comes from that i'm talking about is it's called the i am samani and it's a it's a asian jungle fowl kind of cool breed they're much more well we only have one in our flock and she's kind of wild like she will not let you get near her or approach her or anything like that so she's definitely one of the more skittish chickens and she's um, but she's just cool looking. She's our goth chicken. Yeah. Her name is Freya. She's, oh, she's, yeah. there she is there she from is, Norse so. mythology. There you go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the, 
Freya. So there, and there's another chicken breed called a silky, which it yes. doesn't have feather traditional feathers, but rather um, silky feathers. So how how does silky feathers? I'm not explaining this well. So instead of the feather, it's a, it's more like fur. Oh, but it's feathers. Mm-hmm. But they're they're just furry. Do they also have a poof, a, a crest, poof, a, a crest, crest? Yeah, a crest, on the poof. top of their head, so they kind of almost look like a cotton ball. Like if it were a white one, it would look like a big cotton ball head. Yeah, and they also have black um, flesh as well. Okay, so, yeah, and I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, that's um, and that particular breed is also an Asian breed. Uh, I think out of China and in China, they are considered a delicacy. Sure. So yeah, I. Mean, I all chicken tastes like chicken. So. Let's say you wanted to have your own backyard chickens. Let's say you wanted to start doing this yourself. What would you recommend for a person interested in beginning their own chicken adventure? Talk to other chicken people okay. first. So, you know, find out, <clears throat> excuse me, join some chicken groups. Just read a book. My favorite book is uh, the uh, Kid's Guide to Keeping Chickens. Really? And it's a kid's book, but only because it has pictures. But otherwise, it has really <laughs> wonderful information. <laughs> and I'm like, well, those those pictures are actually very helpful for adults, too. So um, don't be afraid to just read about it. But also, don't be afraid to just do it and learn as you go. Because okay. just like any other project or goal, you can oversaturate yourself with planning Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it can be a little, it can feel like this big thing. Like I have to get a chicken coop and I have to do all this stuff, but it's like, yeah, you can get a chicken coop and, and then you just buy your birds and then they're there. And, and I, I guess f- yeah. for, it's not as big of a thing to just do it mm-hmm. versus plan for it forever in a way. Um, yeah, getting don't... chicks versus getting adult hens is just a little different step because you have to keep chicks warm for mm-hmm. the first six weeks. So you can do that through supplemental heating. Or if you're like, I don't want to deal with the chicks, just get yourself some some hens and just start with full grown chickens. And then you don't have to worry about that. So And then their biology will do a significant portion, sounds like. Yeah. And y- the other thing also is... Um, <clears throat> I mentioned I feed organic and that you definitely do not have to feed organic in order to have a healthy flock. Um, yeah. If you are interested in having chickens in your backyard and wanting them to be able to free range in your backyard, just keep in mind that they will deplete any grass that they have access ah, to. Yes. Um, so and And they will destroy your garden if they have access to it. So it just becomes barriers, right? Create barriers where you don't want them to go because they okay. will go wherever they want. So, Holly, what is your favorite part about owning chickens? So, it has evolved, but it is still those delicious eggs. It all comes back to eggs. It all comes back to the eggs. I yeah. mean, that's how it started. And to know that I am procuring, no, not procuring, sorry, curate, no, I'm not doing that either. I am, I don't know, helping to produce a product that has been humanely treated and sustainably sourced and is as high of a quality of a product as you can possibly get. Yeah, that's true. And I just take a lot of pride in that and having, building up my business and carving out that niche and making it something that people want and they want to learn about. And it's just really fulfilling. I don't know. There's a lot that's my favorite. It's 
and getting to work outside, even though I've been complaining about the rain. <laughs> for some reason, it's, I mean, I'm a PNW woman. I'm, you know, born and raised. It's like rain's just part of life. So no rain, no rainbows. Yeah. That all sounds completely beautiful. And it's been a lovely conversation with so you about your chickens. I got to sit in this chair. <laughs> And speak into this microphone with you, Sarah Hanchar. Like, oh my, oh my gosh. <laughs> you and my <sighs> 30 listeners, I am honored. I am so honored. <laughs> Just kidding. There's 31. Uh, <laughs> but I'm so glad you came oh and you're gosh. so passionate. And Thanks um, for having me. Of course. Thank you so much. And I invite you to join me and let's do the egg song but with musical arm farts oh my gosh yes let's Shall do we? it ready ready <laughs> that chicken needs to go to the doctor immediately <laughs> he just needs to go in my belly <laughs> Thank you, Holly Winters. Thank you, Sarah. Have a great day. You too. Okay, bye. bye.